Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. Uh, this will be episode 162 of Beer Talks 49. And uh, I have my boy, my boy Stan from Liquorland in the city of Long Beach. Check out Liquorland. He has a lot of varieties of beers. It's awesome. And pretty much in a way, I had to get him on because it's like I, we only scratched the surface with them. So... Stan, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I know. We talked about a lot of things on uh, episode 161, and I wanted to make time to see if I can get you on. And, you know, you had a, you, you were kind of open, so I was like, hey, you know what? I want to talk about a lot of the retail stuff of, of how the rotation is with all the beers. When you have a lot of beers coming, you have beers on your shelf. How do you do when you get a, like a big order of shipments and you have all these new beers? How do you do it like that? Is this, it's you really, it's it's, a, it's like a balance, right? It's a lot of factors. I mean, when you're when you're a beer buyer or any kind of product buyer in a store, especially when it comes to perishable items, uh-huh. you've got to be mindful of the time frame you've got uh, with those products. As I mentioned in the last episode, there's a there's a lot of times where you've got a beer and you get it in. It's already been a few weeks, few months before it's supposed to be you know taken off the shelf again so yes it's a risk playing that game because a lot of people expect you to have completely fresh products like it's supposed to be fresh and you keep it on your shelf for four months no that beer is coming already on its way out so some beers we've gotten from some distributors and breweries dead on arrival they've, they've given us beers we, we paid full price for them and they showed up uh gonna expire within a week are you serious? Oh, yeah. And if you if you don't pay attention to those things, you don't care and look at those dates, you're receiving bad products, putting bad product on your shelf, and giving bad product to your customers. Your customers aren't going to care that the brewery you know, sent that beer. They're not going to blame the brewery. They're not going to blame the distributor company that they don't know about. They're going to blame you. you. You put that product on the shelf. You gave them that bad beer. So that's, that's at the end of the day, they're going to look at you to be the person who cares before they get it. And that's that's why it's a, it's a labor of love. You have to love what you do to care enough about not just the beer, but the people that you're giving it to. And it, it is a little difficult when you're trying to run, because uh, we have one of the largest beer caves in Long Beach, like the, one of the largest walk-ins. I've right? seen it too. It and was a lot. I know a couple other stores have some pretty sizable ones too, but I think ours is the biggest. And Yours is the biggest. It, it's, it's not easy to maintain the, the number of beers and their freshness all the time Fuck. as this one person it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a task and you know I, I work with my customers and I, I ask for their help like if you see something expired don't don't get mad just tell me I won't let you buy it I, you know I'll, I'll, I'll get you a replacement we'll take care of you but I, it's hard to maintain that that many beers and try to keep on the freshness as much as my people might think because mm-hmm. they, they come in and they just expect things to be perfect and that's fine mm-hmm. but I'll tell you it is hard it's really hard to keep those to keep those beers, uh, the stuff that's on the shelf to represent those breweries properly, and and equally across the board. I, I, I we were talking earlier, and I won't mention the where I got this beer. I won't mention the brewery's name either. Um, but when I had their beer, um, I wasn't looking at the date. I I got sick because I I was better, and I was like that's the only thing I had as a beer. And I got really sick for like two days. It really messed me up. And it's like, 
well, what did you have? What did you eat? It's like, well, I only had this beer. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't get no sickness or whatever. I just, it was, the beer was really bad. Then I, I look, I was like, I was curious. Like, where's the beer I had? I threw it in the trash can. I picked it up and looked at it. This beer was fucking two and a half years old. Yeah. It that's... wasn't even rotated. It was like, I had a bad, that was the first time I ever had a bad beer. You know, that, that's the thing. When I took over the, the program at the store at Liquorland, uh, we had a bad reputation um, that I inherited. We, we had a very bad reputation because we had, I don't know how many different IPAs. I think we had the most IPAs I've ever seen in one place. Really? Oh, yeah. We had every bomber of IPA you could imagine from every brewery that ever brewed an IPA. It was crazy. Uh-huh. And it was impressive to look at if you didn't know what you were looking at. But all I saw was just a, a graveyard. We, we, we were a graveyard. We were a place that beer went to die. And it was, what? oh yeah, the beer cave that uh, that you see now is, is a different version than the one that used to be there. And in, 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 it was like eight like 800 IPAs. Like, I swear, it was that many. Like, half, half the room was just IPAs. Was and it the owner who loves IPAs? I think because they were popular at the time and they wanted to try to ride that popularity, but they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Wow, they, that's they, eight. A lot. 800. Yeah, imagine that. Where's the pills? Where's the sours? Where's oh, the stouts? All missing. <laughs> wow. 800? That's, that's a first I mean, one. I mean, that's including the bombers and the six packs and all the different styles. Like, it was just, it was, it was crazy. And the reason why they had so many was because they had so many old beers. Like, they didn't have 800 fresh IPAs. They didn't have a lot of beers that you could just grab off the shelf and drink with a smile. They just, it was a museum. It was a place to see old IPAs that you hadn't seen in a while. Like what it was, the fuck? But not enjoy them. They weren't fresh. They weren't good to drink. They were all malt bombs. They were all terrible. What and the fuck? Yeah, so I had beers. I got. I started working there in 2000 and... In, in 2016. And there were beers in there, IPAs, from as early as 2012. Huh? Yeah. It, it it was it was fucked up like it was like it i i told the owners i said if you if you're gonna have me here doing this job i've got to purge all of this beer in here and so there's a process when you have old beers uh with distributors uh abc or the uh the ttb they they allow a certain period of time for you to get rid of old beer are you serious with the distributor you can swap them out like and sometimes it has to be equal amounts of liquid like you have, you have a certain amount of beer it has to be equal amounts of beer in liquid form or sometimes you have to trade it out for the exact same beer again so sometimes you're at a loss if you've got a beer that, that didn't do well so it got old on the shelf and you have to trade that beer in for the same exact beer which is not going to do well on the shelf again so there's a lot of times where you can't recoup the the loss on that product and a lot of stores, so there, there's a thing that I call the game when it comes to beer buying, liquor buying. Yeah. Where if you don't play the game, you don't get the hype beers. You don't get the, the sought-after annual releases and things. You have to pay to win when it comes to that stuff. So a lot of stores, what they'll do is they'll do what's called beer burning. They'll buy high quantities of beers that they have almost no intention of selling. Like if they, if they sell it, great, but they weren't planning on selling it they're just buying it to invest in getting the the rare releases that come out wow so you you know the the distributors will you know give good beers to those stores that spend a lot of money with them you can't just be a store and get 
the great notion releases you can't just get the heady toppers you can't just get those beers because everyone wants them so who do they pick from they pick the stores that spend the most with them so you have companies and distributor companies like harbor you have companies like uh, craft beer la you have companies like uh, stones yeah, stone distributing you have all these different companies guardian and if you play by the rules that they set then you get to get the beers that they're holding on to. So you can't just get them. You can't, it's, not, it's not first come, first serve. Like, oh, when the beer is released, the company that calls them first gets the beer. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. You have to fit into a certain bracket for them to release those beers because they only have so much. They have hundreds of accounts and maybe only 15 cases of that beer. How are they going to choose who to give them to? So that's why certain stores, you'll see... They'll, they'll, they'll show on their Instagram like they have a huge stack of something. A lot of the times, they don't intend on on, on selling all that. They, they are using that stack to get in good graces with the company so they can get the crazy stuff later on. What the fuck? Yeah, so there, there are other ways of building wow. relationships with, with you know breweries and distributor companies. You know, when If you treat their reps well and you, you build a good relationship with them, and you're not an asshole. It, it can it really take your you farther, because when they got that one case, like who are they gonna give the case to? The, the the asshole who was yelling at them five minutes ago, or the person who understands their job and treats them with respect when they come to their store. Yeah. And even if even if they don't spend the money, it's literally about how you treat people. And there are a lot of places, in stores and in in the area that unfortunately are either old school or don't care. And they, they treat the reps like trash. And they don't get the things that they, they think they deserve because they spent it. They spent all this money and they didn't get the rare beer. It's like, yeah, because you you treat the beer and the reps like they were disposable things to get that, that beer. That is a good lesson what you just told me right now. Always respect your reps because if you don't, you're not going to get what what you really want to get? I mean, you should respect them anyway because they're yeah, people. But, but uh, yeah, but I know respect them as people. But but, but like know. but like you said, like you're you're they're helping you're helping them, but they're helping you. Yo, it's a symbiosis, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's and that's the thing. So you know, how do you become the the it store? How do you become the store that has all the stuff? And what a lot of stores, if you don't you don't see them, some stores are really that popular. They really do sell everything that they buy, and you know, kudos to them. But a good amount of those stores that that look like they have all the stuff they posturing and all that. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't sell half of that stuff, and it just goes expired, and they send it back to the brewery. That's the thing I want to know. What do they do when a lot of beer expire? You just throw them away? No. So it's first off, it's illegal for anyone to throw away any closed alcoholic beverages. You really, just, I didn't know that. Yeah, you got to dump it and then throw away the can or recycle it. You can't just throw away like unopened alcohol because. I I forget what law exactly it is, but I know that it is illegal. If you throw it away, I guess the idea is that someone would go in there and and open it. Oh, gotcha. Same thing with like grocery stores. They have to get old food. They have to like like do certain things to it before they can throw it away. Yeah. They can't leave closed, expired food in a trash can. They got to open it and dump it out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, beer is no different. Liquor, wine, same thing. You gotta, you gotta dump it out before you get rid of the. So bottle. what you were saying earlier, when you have expired beer, mm-hmm. that you there's a balance of it. Like you just have to kind of like you know. So, so when the, when you start seeing if you're if you're diligent, you're taking care of your beers. You mm-hmm. know, 
with, with time, you, you know you know the dates. Yes. You start looking at the dates if they're present. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the dates are a sticker on top of the four pack, the little can snaps. There's sometimes, and it's not on the can, but it's on the can snap. If you take the can out of there, you lose the date on it. And there's a risk with that. It's, it's, it's hard to keep track of um, the dates on cans because there's no system in place. There's no centralized dating system that they all use. Some places use code. Some places use Julian calendar dates, calendar dates, sorry. Um, and some places are pretty straightforward. Like here's the, here's the date when it was canned on, here's the date that we assume the beer is gonna go bad. And they put both dates on the, on the can. You know what I do? I'm so anal when you talked about dates and everything that when I buy the beers at the breweries, I talk to the owners or the head brewers. Hey, I'm buying this. How lo- When I buy this, if this is a fresh batch, mm-hmm. how long is this book, uh, beer good for? The most eight months if you have it refrigerated because okay. if it's dry two or three months the most mm-hmm. and also like okay i want to make sure so when i do that i have a i have a booklet i have my inventories of all these beers that i know they're going to go out of date or okay. they're going to be like that so i want to drink those first before they go out of date so you think a good beer buyer i mean that's, that's kind of the same system that i have if i if i i know it, in my head it's you get used to it after mm-hmm. a time you keep it in your head you know what beers you've gotten when you ordered them mm-hmm. And around how long they're gonna last in your in your refrigerator, and as those dates start creeping up, you you gotta have some incentive for someone to, to buy that beer to get it off your shelf. So you start lowering the prices a little bit. You know you're operating at a loss the moment you paid for that beer and that beer is still on your shelf. So mm-hmm. you know whatever you can do to get that beer off the shelf into someone's hands and, and enjoyed and no longer sitting on your shelf, the better. But, would would you? If you have a beer going, let's say, for example, you have a beer going out of date in maybe in three weeks, the most, okay. mm-hmm. would you post on social media or would you DM certain people like, hey, man, hey, you want to get this beer? This beer is only good for two or three weeks or whatever. I'll give you a good deal, but you got to drink it before it goes bad. No, uh, I don't tend to push beers. I tend to make them, uh, how, how would I put this? I try to make the deal on the beer uh-huh. something you wouldn't want to miss out on. You know, if you look gotcha. at a six pack or a four pack, it's normally twenty bucks, and I'm trying to get that out of the store. I might drop it to twelve to, to make it because you gotta get you to, gotta get your you gotta get your money from your store. Well, no, just just any money. And at this point, I'm not, I wouldn't be breaking even on that on that oh. four pack. It's really about getting it out of the store and getting it into someone else's hands because mm-hmm. the beer is still good. I want the beer to be enjoyed by somebody. The reason why I say that for because with your owners, like are they are, are they're very understandable when it comes to beers. Like, hey, we got some of these beers going out of code. What do you want to do with it? Or, or did you or they just focus on you? And say, hey, you can handle it. You got this. No, no, I'm very vocal with them about what's going on. It's their money. So when it comes down mm. to at the end of the day, that's whose money I'm burning when I'm buying beers, and I'm responsible for making them, them, them a profit. Gotcha. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes just the, you know, people are tired of beer, or they just don't they don't remember my store exists, or they're shopping somewhere else. They, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Oh, why. they're gonna know now. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why the foot traffic will will change in our store, but I, that still that still doesn't mean that I I, I lapse in my responsibility to the product, mm-hmm. and I have to get that product to the right people or get it back to the distributor and say mm-hmm. hey this beer didn't work out uh, and they have the ability to take those beers back some mm-hmm. breweries are too small uh, they don't take beers back but for the majority of them a large chunk of them they will they want their beer their product represented on the shelf properly and they will do a lot to 
to ensure that that beer is correct. Oh, yeah, because I, there are some certain breweries out there. They'll come to your store like, yo, you're not representing us. What the mm-hmm. fuck? You know, they they're going to sell you anymore. They, 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 they yeah, oh, out, yeah. They find out you're screwing with their product. Like, there are, there are a couple of stores. Um, like, Bottle Logic, their Stasis Project beers um, should retail around, depending on the beer, between $32 and $25 generally speaking mm-hmm. and it depends on the store's profit but they they did bottles take, or cans uh they're bottles gotcha. they're the, oh. the stasis project stuff mm-hmm. and they dictate that to you to the stores like hey if we find out you're selling our bottles for like 50 60 dollars oh shit as a store we're gonna not, we're not gonna sell our stuff to you we, we have the right to do that if we get it's a text or an email or anything and someone's saying they they're they're trying to buy a bottle of our stuff at your store and you're selling it for like crazy money we're just not going to sell our stuff to you anymore. Like the beer we have right now from Beer Thug Life and Julio uh, Trail from uh, Chela Mundao, um, they want they were going to all these stores and telling them, hey, do not have this beer over $20. Yeah. It has to be under $20, mm-hmm. 18 whatever and stuff. Because, you know, if you put it for $26, that's, that's, that's a little too much. That's crazy, yeah. They that's was crazy. like, he was telling everyone, have it under $20. Yeah. And anything, whatever, so everyone can get it. I get it because there are crafters. You get a four pack, like fuck, dude. Oh yeah. Like beer zombies beers. Mm-hmm. When you have them, about twenty eight. By CRV and all that, thirty two. Yeah, thirty two bucks. Average. Yeah, they're, they're they're getting them. They're getting their price, man. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing, and that's also the the harder part about selling beers. Like, how do you push a beer or get a beer in someone's hands when the price is just so outrageous? And that's the thing. Oh. It's like. You know, and so that's the thing so I you have a challenge about. now. You have this beer; people want it, but you've priced them out of being able to buy it on average. You know, it's like I, most people have spent more money on less. I promise you, but mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. I, I want people to remove the stigma of beer in their minds that beer should always be cheap. That beer. Oh no, is, no, 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 no! That's the thing. You'd be surprised. The, the, oh, the yeah. biggest complaint that I get when people come into my store is I'm not paying. $12 for a six pack for beer and they say beer with this sort of disdain like like beer they're not educated they're not educated I mean I wouldn't necessarily say they weren't educated but I just in their heads for whatever reason they've got beer locked in as this proletariat beverage like it's it's the every man's beverage and again I know the Budweiser is out yeah. there and the, the Bud Light Coronas but they, they they equate the craft beer scene with that same kind of macro you know product produced beer and they think that beer is just beer. And I have a hard time trying to, you know, not a hard time, but I try to explain to people that, no, these beers, you know, there's a lot of factors in why they cost what they cost. And you have, yeah. to know, you have to know all the logistics. But most people don't want to know the details. They just want to buy because it's cheap and get a good deal. And that's fine. That's consumerism. But those who actually want to know, I explain to them. There's a lot of logistics. There's the cost of the equipment. Mm-hmm. There's the cost of their employee and staffing. It's not just the the ingredients of the beer that you're paying for. You're paying for their operation, and that that means a lot when it comes to how that brewery is staying around and giving you the beer that you want so badly. How how expensive is their head brewer? Where did he come from? Does he have degrees in brewing? Yes, all of those factors. I've been telling people that all those factors go into the cost of your beer. It's not just how much did the hops cost, how many pounds of grain, yeah, all those things. Yeah, those are factors, sure, but they're they're definitely. Those are incidentals. Those things are always going to be there. If you're a brewery, those are ingredients. You're going to be paying for them no matter what. And those aren't influencing the cost of the beer as much as everything else is influencing the cost of the beer. You know what I think of when I think of beers? Like, for example, if I see this beer, I want to know what 
what did everyone have to do to make this beer? Mm -hmm. The heart, sweat, tears of making this, the the dedication, the sacrifices. That's what I when I think of beer now, I think of that now. Oh yeah, and into a beer. Yeah, every every and, beer label had to be designed by someone. Mm -hmm. Every it had to be submitted for approvals before being able allowed to be like printed. Working all night just to make a hops, make working all night to make certain things. Oh yeah, and just, there's, there's, a, there's a photographer, an artist, a designer yeah. behind those labels that that worked for throughout the hours, making each unique label, designing it, making sure that the barcodes are in the right places, yeah. that, it, that it's following the law. In, in where it has everything on there, it has all of the cancer requirements and pregnancy risks and things on the oh, can yeah. to make sure they don't miss out on those things to make sure that that beer stays legitimate. And that's not even involving what's going on inside the can. Exactly. That's just on the outside. So yeah. th those people have got to be paid, and that money's got to be you know recovered by the business. Yeah. And that that, that all that goes into why your beer starts costing crazy money. Like, that, you know, yeah. The shipping companies, the trucks. The, the, the drivers, they have to hire all these people at the brewery. And anybody who's worked in a warehouse can tell you, like, th those tr those drivers that, dr that drive the forklifts and drive all these different things, they have to get certified, and that costs money. And mm -hmm. they, they have a, a larger asking price to work in that warehouse. So each person that's qualified to do their job has, you know, a certain amount of money they're, they're making an hour. Mm -hmm. And all of that money is paid for by that brewery and has to be made up in the products that they sell. So depending if their overhead is a little, a little too high, sometimes their beers are going to be more expensive. And oftentimes, sometimes the beers are uh, not as good as the price point. But, you know, that's uh, kind of the part of the game that I'm not too fond of. So you get some beers that cost you a lot of money and uh, don't taste that great because someone doesn't know how to run their business. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a business at the end of the day. And you've got some people who are great businessmen and terrible brewers. And you have some people who are great brewers and terrible businessmen. And it's just... Yes, that is true. you have to have the, the, the two combined. Or at least... if I, I'll leave it this way. As, as a businessman. If I don't have or am not willing to obtain skills in a certain sector of my business, I will hire someone to be that person for me. But I will also have them teach me. Because I want to know what they do and how they do it so that way I can understand how my business is run. I don't want to just hire someone to take over. I want to know what they know, you know, and that's, you should know what the brewer's doing. You should know why you're paying this much for yeast and grains and, and hops. Who are they sourcing them from and why? Yeah. You, should, you should know those things. Even if you're not knowing how to brew the beer, you should still know where the brewer's getting his things from or her things from or their things from. You should know where those things are being sourced and why and all those different elements. You should know who's the graphic designer working on your labels. What are their credentials? You should know those things. Even though you're not the one designing everything, you should still be more hands-on and involved with your business. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, the head brewer out there in Aerolodge, uh -huh. Amy, she lives in Northern California. Uh -huh. She comes only over here just to make beers. And I was like thinking like, wow, Aerolodge is coming up with all these beers. Like, just killers after killers after killers. Mm -hmm. But she works for a couple of days and goes back up north. Mm -hmm. That's weird. It's like, you're making all these beers and you, and you live up in Northern California. You know, you're probably getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. If you're coming over here back and forth. And maybe, I don't know, I'm, I don't know how Aerolodge does their system. Mm -hmm. But they're just, it's selling off the shelves. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, long lines, like how monkish is and stuff like that. So I get it. And also, for example, like these beers we have, I mean, you ever notice who are these labels? Like you see Beer Thug Life. Uh-huh. Now, when you talked about the expenses, the costs and this like that. And also when you when when people do collaborations and stuff like that, that's going to boost up your can sales. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when you're piggybacking off another, another more established brand. Um, you 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 take on their followers as well as your own, so it's it's a uh, it's always good to have a little bit of a collaboration, mm-hmm. especially if you're a newer brewery and you're trying to get some notoriety. Mm-hmm. All all these brewers they know each other. They're all a very mm-hmm. close knit world. They they all talk each other on Reddit and yeah on forums and things, and they they all get to know each other. And it's not much to do a collaboration with another brewery, but it can help uh, boost the sales of one another. It can help get notoriety for another brewery. If you establish yourself with someone who's been in the game for a bit, yeah, like you know, it's sometimes it's just fun. Sometimes it's good to see two breweries that you like rip out in um out in the edge of Seal Beach. I know where it's at that, by Warner by Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. I know where that's they were, at. They were they were a brewery that was very obscure, and they they got a lot of. I mean, I, I knew of them before they did the collaboration, but as, as did a lot of people that live in the area. But as soon as they did a collaboration with El Segundo. I think it was their no comply beer. Everyone jumped on Rip like they 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 didn't even know they existed, and now they've gotten they they've expanded now. They're doing so much better, and I you know you almost don't see their stuff anymore. But it it did help them to do that collab with El Segundo, and also uh, Beer Paper of LA, um, Beer Paper of LA um, recommend to do all that. So like Beer Paper of LA. They uh, they did a story about Rips of Rip, uh, Rips Brewery and all that stuff. So that's always like a big push. With, like when you see Beer Paper Valet representing certain breweries and stuff like that, it's like, oh, that's a good story, you know? Oh, they're they're a pretty good publication. Um, I, I'm not. I think they should probably try moving to an app sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a it, it it's a lot. There's a lot of places where you can get good. Like crap, their knowledge, and they—they they definitely are a good outlet for that. Your channel is a good outlet for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beer Advocate is a great place for that. Untapped is a great place for that. Oh yeah, just a lot of things. What's it, it called? Tap Hunter. Oh, there's Tap Hunter too. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little, little lesser known, I think, than Untapped. But Untapped is like every beer checker is like that's their their go to. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get to see a lot of what your friends are drinking, what's in your area, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, we're gonna be joining Untapped soon uh, at the restaurant. Oh hell yeah. So once we get the draft system all set up and fixed, because uh, we stopped we stopped pouring uh, Wait, during, during COVID, so yeah. oh, you guys have a draft system over there at uh at the Green Olive, yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. So once everything gets set, situated with COVID, we got everything set up and the, the patio is all set up. Um, we're gonna resume pouring draft. We we just installed the system. I'm so there. Hit, I'm there. And I'm gonna try and make sure I have you know I think we have like 15 taps. I was I'm gonna, gonna make say sure that. I get like. A good amount of beers on there because the food's great, and I think that oh, we should, we should yeah. have a good amount of craft beer uh, pouring through there as well. We'll have some domestics, of course, because <laughs> somebody's gonna want some more doubles, you know. But, oh my god! You know what I mean? But at the same time, we're, we're gonna have some interesting and funky craft beers on there too, just to just to get people excited about beer again. That's, yeah. what, that's, what that's all we're trying to do. It's like, yeah, there's money to be made, but we don't. We want people to enjoy themselves and, and have a good experience, and that's that's really what it's all about. That's what's up. That's awesome. Um, do you, I mean, 
do you do you get a lot of breweries that sell their beers to you guys like like you know ten miles or trademarks or or whoever like hey man you want to try to you know support local local breweries i mean i my whole my whole thing is to support local breweries like we're we're a store we're a hub uh and we're supposed to support our local economy you know, yes we, we make sure that in our store we have as much local stuff as we can get like we sell proper's pickles made here in long beach we sell Ooh. fine feathers kombucha made here in long beach kombucha. we sell long beach jerky made here in long beach oh yeah that's good shit you know, we, we sell we sell Ten Mile. We sell uh, we we had Steady at one point. We're gonna get them back in. Um, we have ambitious ales. We have trademark beers on our shelf. You know, we have all of those breweries. We have Beer Lab. Like we, all of those breweries. I think the only one we don't have that's local was um, Liberty Street Timeless up. Pints. And wow, I forgot about them. And oh, yeah, don't don't forget about them. Man. Hell no, <laughs> no, 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 because they're they're like they're the on OGs, the other side man. of Long Beach. Yeah, they're one of the OGs, man. And then that weird gray area where Lakewood and Long Beach are kind of confused. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, they were they were one of the OGs along with Rock Bottom, and I actually give Rock Bottom a lot of credit because Shout they, rest in peace, Rock Bottom. Yeah, right. Um, I hope another great brewery takes over their place. <sighs> yeah, that's we'll I was thinking about that too. But um. But even at Rock Bottom, some of the brewers that started there went on to Stone, went on to other well-known breweries, and they used Rock Bottom like brewers as like a pilot system. Like, hey, you great brewers, you guys make great beer. Like Rock Bottom didn't get a lot of credit in the craft scene for a lot of reasons. They yeah, reminded people a lot of BJ's where something like that. Yeah, they weren't brewing on site, and Rock Bottom used to be like that, where they would do contract yeah. beers. They would make beers somewhere else from some other company. And then sell them in their room, and they just had the, the tanks there for just, just for, for a show off for display, right? And they they changed all that, and they started actually doing more in house brewing. And so you you had like whatever their core five beers were, and then that brewer would could like go off the rails and make some crazy shit. Like it was it was awesome, and it was it was if you knew what you what you were getting yourself into, it was always a fun experience to go in there and see what the new beers were gonna be. Mm-hmm. What this brewer is coming out with? Yeah, you tried the normal five things that they always have by brand, but then you get to see what this this location. Like I went to a rock bottom in Chicago, and that's how I discovered that's how they worked their system because the rock bottom in Chicago had the same five core beers, but then there were like five other beers that were insanely different because the brewer on that location had made different beers. They made beers according to what was popular and in demand by their 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 customers. So they were adaptable. So as a brand, they made their same five, but each location was able to adapt and adjust to what the people that were shopping there and drinking there and eating there wanted to have. Understandable. And it was awesome. Like so, I really give them a lot of respect for really trusting the process and letting people come in and make beer legitimately instead of you know trying to use craft beer as some sort of gimmick. And you know it didn't save them in the end, but at the very same end. Where else in Long Beach could you get well-made cask beer? That is a, that's a good point. The only other place I can think of is Yorkshire Square, and that's over in Torrance. But in Long Beach, you can't get cask beer from the pump, like out of the barrel. Yeah, there's no places doing that. Nope. Rock Bottom had a cask beer program. Yeah. And that was the only place that I, I had never had cask beer before. I had it at Rock Bottom for the first time in my life. And it was an amazing experience watching them pump it out of there and telling me the backstory of it. And it was awesome. And so... You know, it was one of those things when it comes to the integrity with your product. When you when you know you have something good, it's easy to stand there by it and, and support that. So it's the same thing at our store. As I was saying earlier, we're a hub. None of those products on the shelf are mine. 
None of them. None of them came from me. None of them came from the store. They're all someone else's product. And it's our job at the store to support them and represent them properly. You saw that? Yeah, it's a ghost in here. Yeah, so uh, one of the... You saw that? Yeah, yeah. It's surface tension. You get a little water underneath the bottom and it's making it float. <laughs> we thought there was a ghost in there. <laughs> there was a moving can. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, that's what we're there for is to support and humbly put the cans on the shelf and represent them properly because we're the liaison between the brewery and you, the consumer. And we're supposed to represent that brewery properly. Each one that we have on the shelf is represented equally. Gotcha. And, you know, you come in asking for some mango card. If I got mango card, it's yours. It's, that's it. People say, what do you think about mango card? It's a great beer. It's good on a hot day. It's light. All these different things. And that's, I'll, I'll, I'll represent it the same exact way mm-hmm. I represent anything from Model Logic. Because every, under the roof, everything is equal. If, otherwise, we won't have it. Because I don't want to have beers that misrepresent us as a store. Because they've got some, you know, some... Uh, Racial or political Wait, issues I, and, yeah, and divisiveness I, going oh, on. Oh yeah, with there's some company. stuff. Yeah, there's some stuff. Yeah, those 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 companies that are divisive in those ways, we don't bring, we don't support them. We don't want to politicize beer in that in that way. Gotcha. And beers that have had some socio political racial issues, we don't support them either because mm. for the same reason. So it's just a matter of, you know, if you're you're doing good business, making good beer, cool. Just focus on that, and then we'll represent your product on the shelf. And like that's that's kind of the thing that makes it more fun is just to have. I support so many smaller breweries that most people don't hear of because they're not hyped up. They're obscure little brands that some small distributor will will get a hold of and they'll bring them to me and say, "Hey, have you heard of this brand? I have this brand on my shelf right now called Timblor, and a lot of people don't know who they are. They've never heard anything about this brewery, and Timblor makes really good beers. Timblor. Timblor, yeah." T E M B L O R and they you were there Wednesday right I'll, I'll go over there Wednesday yeah well come check it out and again they make great beers they're not like anything like crazy like oh yeah hashtag the shit out of this and hype it up no but the beers are still good the price points are good but they're a brewery that not many people know about and they should get some support if they're making good beers mm-hmm. you know so why not give them a chance and put them on the shelf I have the space for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that the people will want to try this new product. So that's that's where the the you know filling the shelves and getting good product comes comes in is by giving a lot of breweries chances. And yeah, you seek out the good stuff. I, I, I've messaged breweries and emailed them trying to get their product to make sure that they know the moment you start canning something, you've got a shelf. You, you like for sure guaranteed you've got money to be made in Long Beach. Like, I want your beer. Do you ever had, like, a, a beard from a brewery that was like, whoa, like a diamond in the rough, like, unknown, and be like, this probably has to be one of the best beers I've ever had in my life? Um, Without naming names, unfortunately, because I don't want to give any yeah, I know. bad press, but there was a brewery at one point that was very small that made amazing beers uh, out in Monrovia. And they had a shake-up in their ranks, and then the beers just weren't as good anymore. But when I initially had them, uh, there was this horchata beer. And it was fucking phenomenal. Like, just the flavors. It it literally, it it tasted like what it said on the can. And that's something that I I try to pride myself in in supporting, is beers that taste like what they say they're going to Does it start with the P? Yes. I already know. (laughs) That was good. That's good. And... There was a shakeup there, and things changed, and the beers changed, and 
the politics of the brewery changed, everything changed, but the beer initially was just so striking because you know, you you a lot of beers will say things and I think they mean that they're implied. Like I remember um there were a few stouts back in the day that said coffee stout, but there was no coffee in it. It was just that the the malt that they used gave off a very coffee like flavor. Oh what? But there was no actual coffee in the beer. Huh. So it was like they implied that it was a coffee stout, even though there was no actual coffee in the beer making. It was just a, a side product a side product of like how the the hot the malts came out. We got honey dipped. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so it was like, so it was a lot of things like that where there was just no integrity in that. And mm-hmm. I, I like I love breweries that can deliver on what they say. Mm-hmm. If it says it's a peanut butter stout, I want to taste that peanut butter. Exactly. You know, and it better be in there, and it better taste good. And that's that's Belching kind of, beavers. Yeah, no, you know, solid, solid stuff. And you know, a lot of those breweries, they they say a lot of things and don't deliver on a lot of them. And that's something you also want to try and support are breweries that can deliver on their promises. Because otherwise, why are you paying for it? You bought it because you thought you were getting something. And then you drink it and you find out that you've been duped. The 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 hidden gem of unknown like brewery that I I'm gonna give hype to is Paul is probably called they're from Turlock. The Dust Bowl. Oh Dust Bowl, yeah. Dust Bowl's good people, man. They they make they, some solid beers. The taco truck beer that Savessa oh, yeah. was really fucking good. Their hazies, all that stuff. There was like because they follow me. And oh, they gosh. and I used to live in Modesto. Oh, I never went to the brewery, but I was like, oh, Turlock, I'm going to represent, you know. I started drinking a lot of their beers, and I, I started buying, buying. And all of a sudden, the owner, the sales rep, were mm-hmm. like, hey, man, dude, we see what you're doing. Yeah. You're not just posting. You're drinking. Like, we, we, I know. I DM them. Probably one of the best small breweries I know that, oh, yeah. that, 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 gives, that gives you that good heat, that good fire beer. It's like, well, I can drink this every day. Therapist IPA, their Imperial. Uh, the therapist is yes, the best I was beers. seeing that. And their confused therapist, the hazy one, is actually really good too. You guys carry that? When it, when it's when it's around, yeah. It's, but uh, you don't have no right now. On the shelf, no. no I, it's it's yeah, we're, we're a pipeline for them, but again, yeah. with COVID, a lot of distribution has gone down. Um, the breweries just don't have the manpower anymore. Like a lot of. Them if you let down. me know, I know the sales reps. I know from the NorCal, and there's another one. She's a sales rep for Southern California. Yeah. No. Get I'll, in touch. Let me know. But I was there. I was getting them through Guardian and. Um, I still do, but the thing is, the production has has slowed down for a lot of places. Yeah, uh, they don't have the manpower, the staffing. They've had to let people go, furlough them, fire them, whatever, to to try and survive. So their their ability to produce has been diminished. So a lot of breweries, you're not going to see a lot from them for a while, like unless you go to their tap room and buy it from them directly, because yeah. they're not making enough to sell on site and send out to other entities. So everything they're making is coming right out of the tap room, and that's it. Because it's very iffy because of this COVID, you it's adjustment because you're getting beers indoor, but there's a lot of breweries that we don't we they don't talk about. They're closing down. They just don't want to say. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're hurting, man. They're, a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them are pirates, man. They they uh they've been finding very inventive ways of making money during these uh quote-unquote trying time. Oh, yeah. They, there's, they, there's rumors. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know they're trying to do. I there's see it. stuff going on. It's, I, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I, won't, I won't say or anything, but it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm happy for some of them. They're, they're, uh, they're hustling. <laughs> they're getting their money, dude. It's I good. just, yeah, I just see them as more <laughs> hustling. I even, I'll, I'll tell you off air, but there was someone who has been, uh, no, nah, I don't want to say because he, lis- <laughs> he listens. I'll tell you off air what happened, but, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Because it's like, I won't mention a brewery, but 
um, I won't say what city, but I'll tell you how fair. Um, they were like, Mega Man, I don't even know how we're going to make it with the lights. I don't even know how many, I don't even know we have money to get hops. I don't even have money we can do this and stuff. I'm surprised if, like, I don't even know how, if people are going to come in and buy our beers for a day or just to get them, just to get by. They had let go everyone. There's only the owner, the sales, and and just a head brewer and just someone who works like a day or two, just a, whatever. Clean, and that's right. it. Luckily, they have food inside. Yeah, that's that's something too. And but it's that's the rough thing, man. I mean, it's it's I think thankfully the brewing the brewing like world is so full of so many amazing people. Like there there are a lot of breweries that are, you know, that are doing well better than <laughs> others who are letting other breweries come over and use their equipment to make their beers because they don't have the staff at their location. Like the, you don't have the manpower at your brewery to survive. Come use our equipment and our team will help you make your beer. Ten miles is they're yeah. making they're they're always they're busy. That's what I mean. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of breweries that 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 camaraderie in the industry where there's a lot of camaraderie in craft beer. That's one thing I love about it. Like people think that like I have rivals at my store. Like oh, you're uh, you're a competitor. They'll, the customers will use that word. I don't have competitors. Mm-mm. Everyone that works in the same industry as me is is like is akin to me. Like you know I Patrick at Stateside is a friend of mine. Uh, he's known me and my wife since we've been together. And I love the guy. Fantastic guy. I want his store to thrive. Mm-hmm. I know the people at the wine country. I know Samantha and I know Gloria that's working over there right now. I want them to do well. If there's something that I don't have in my store and I know that those guys have it, I send people to them because that's what it should be. It should be about sharing and being a community. And that's what the craft beer world is like. It's almost automatic. If you have a friend who hasn't tried a beer, like, and it's a rare beer, you're so excited to give them that beer. Like, even if it costs you an arm and a leg, you're not just like Scrooge McDucking it, you know, like holding on to it for dear life. You're like happy to give them the beer. Like, what? You've never had this beer? And you pour them a glass. And you get them excited for it too. You know, and that's the same way it, from, from can to source, from the drinkers of craft beer to the makers of craft beer, the community of craft beer is so wild, man. It's, 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 it's amazing to see the camaraderie and help that they're giving one another during all this stuff. Like it's, it's, Big it's time. crazy. Big time. And to be a part of that, you know, even at, on the store level, we're also a part of that. So I get some breweries coming to me saying, hey, you know, we gotta get these cans out of, out, out of here and, 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 and make some money or else we're gonna close. I'm like, yeah, send me some cases. I don't even know what it is. Just, just send me something. You know, we have the money for it. We just, just give us the cases, we'll, we'll, we'll sell it. Just to be able to help them at all. Put food on their table, you know, get their employees, you know, work and, and some hours and survive so that when this is all done, they're still there. It, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of it in, mm-hmm. in, in any capacity. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting and humbling to when, you, when you're in a community of something that's so powerful in, in how they help one another and how it protects itself. Damn, I want to cry right now. <laughs> no, but that's what that's one of the things because of COVID, with everyone's closing, like, hey, I want to do support small business, but also a lot of the breweries locally in Long Beach. Whatever I can do to post, whatever I can do to store, hey, mm-hmm. if I can get from this post, if I can get maybe 10 or maybe 20 people to go, like, hey, I'm going to buy some beers. Hey, Megan Man sent me, headed to the store. I want to come get it, you know, whatever I could do. Yeah. That's, I got to stay home. I've been going out so much doing podcasts with beer talks and here, whatever. Man, I need to stay home. Right. I I feel like 
I need to support all the local breweries. Like how, what you're doing, like what you're doing, I'm going to support you. I'm going to support everyone in Long Beach because we're family. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I just don't want to see any brewery closed down in Long Beach. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that either, man. I, I don't want to see none of that. Even losing rock bottom was kind of like, I mean, for some people it was kind of meh. They, they didn't care for the place. Or but, beer belly. I mean, okay, beer belly. Yeah. <laughs> beer belly I have some words about, but, yeah. you know, but with rock, with rock bottom, you know, even though people didn't really appreciate what Rock Bottom was, they, mm-hmm. I appreciated what Rock Bottom represented. And they, even though they were these this, this big corporate thing, they didn't care about beer. I feel like the location was different. I feel like they that's they a really perfect did, spot for a brewery. I, I, yeah, I'm hoping someone uh, you know Beachwood, you know, feel free to move in. But I heard uh, that I heard that I heard it's really expensive a month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. really expensive. I think by Ocean. Oh yeah. Hey, it's... I mean you know Beachwood lost Seal Beach location, so. Maybe they've got some uh, some spare. Oh, I didn't know that. Money. Oh yeah. So yeah. So a lot of Beachwood. I think they have three locations. Had three locations. Steelcraft. Uh, no, no, no. They um, they had. Oh yeah, they did one over there. It's in Garden Grove, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but not not like a satellite tap room. They had. I don't know. Yeah. They had three actual physical like spots. One here in Long Beach. One in Seal Beach. And I think one out in Huntington or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And. They the two locations that had food were the one out in Orange County and here and, and here, mm-hmm. but the one in Seal Beach didn't have food and there was no way to accommodate the outdoor seating program. Yeah, and I think it cost them more than they they wanted it to. I think I, I don't I don't know all the details. I I'd have to ask um, uh, my rep, uh, Carl, and and see what happened down there. But uh, you know if he's willing to tell me or not. Yeah, I'm speculating at this point, but I think that mm-hmm. there was an issue with them having the trying to have outdoor seating and try to maintain the staff and location i just think it became too expensive mm-hmm. but they they closed it up recently and i don't know if it was always going to close and it was just the last nail in the coffin but that the covid thing definitely pushed that along in some capacity there was a lot of people i know that were going to open up breweries or tap rooms and they were like iffy like i don't know and said and they always tell me mega man thank god i didn't open a tap room because of this covid i would have been fucked yeah, yeah. or a brewery that was it's not the right time right now. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit hairy out there right now. Man. Yeah, because it's like thinking to myself like, well, we can open a tab room. I have to focus on this, and I have to quit my job to focus on how am I going to make my money. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the rough <laughs> yeah. part. Because you've got investors, you got yeah. bank, bank loans and things, and you got you, did, you gave them a certain time frame that you'd get that money back to them. Yeah. And this thing happened and just screwed everybody. You know, it's it's it's, it's unfortunate. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get through this. We're gonna we're gonna once this thing is all done, hopefully cross my fingers we get back to normal because I want to go to a lot of these uh, breweries and just whatever drink. And again, and that's why uh, the retail side of things is is as important as ever because exactly you know yeah you know you can go to the breweries a lot of them and they have food and sit and whatnot. But what about those breweries that don't? You know they, they've got to make money and maybe you can't make it out to them because you're trying to socially distance. You're trying to stay home. That's why the stores like us are supporting these breweries and getting their cans to you. They have to do. You know, we there there were some. There were some. I won't mention in Long Beach. They were trying to find out to do it, but with with situation like this, you have to. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So we want to make sure we give them a, a little a place to to sell their stuff. You know, the, you know, when the breweries close that day and you want their beer, where are you gonna go? That's that's what we're supposed to be. A mm-hmm. store that has 
what you want when you can't get it. And you know, the second thing about it with breweries that don't have like restaurants inside, mm-hmm. that when you have to get one someone to come, that costs more money too. Oh yeah. To have them for the whole day, just whatever, just to sell beers and get people like, hey man, if you want to have a beer, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go, you have to buy something, yeah, and get to get food. the beer and all that. If you're gonna sit down, I get it, but fuck man, it's just there's so many rules. Yeah. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can get beers, you can't, you know, even, I even feel bad, like we were talking about earlier, the, about the, the dive bars, not yeah, even yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're, I don't know how they're making it. I mean, I would say this, at the very least, the silver lining for most customers is, hey, at least the beer hasn't gotten more expensive. You know, you imagine if they were really trying to survive and really needed that money, they'd start charging you $13 a pint. <laughs> so, that, you know. At least the beers, you know, as expensive as they are, they've they've remained pretty consistent in terms of like where they haven't gone yet. They haven't gone insanely priced to uh, to make up for for lost profits and revenue. So mm-hmm. there's there's a, a good thing to say again. The craft beer community again is a, a place of wonder because they they're not they're not cranking the prices and screwing people just to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, some places are a bit more expensive than others for reasons, but. At least, at least COVID isn't one of those reasons that they've changed the price on your beer. Like you're not getting a six pack of Stone for thirty dollars. Fuck <laughs> that, man. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm saying. So a lot, you know, despite the struggles that these breweries are facing, they're still trying to operate at their normal margin lines. They're they're not trying to exceed. They're trying to maintain, and they're not trying to overcompensate by charging you more money, and that's. Whether, whether they lose or not, whether they are able to stay open or not, they they still cared about you in the end. Like they still didn't want to screw you over yeah, in yeah. the end, and that's 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 commendable to say the least. That a lot of breweries are doing really good work, making good beer, putting in the time, and not charging you crazy money for it mm-hmm. because they're hurting. Like mm-hmm. that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. So again, that's why I try to support these companies as much as I can. It's it's our job to. It's nothing. It's something special, but that's literally what we're supposed to do. That's what a liquor store is. We're a, support. another warehouse for you to get your stuff from. So a little version of freaking, uh, I don't want to say, what, Bethmo? Oh, Bethmo. I used to work for Bethmo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like you doing that. <laughs> Sorry, I think we have a ghost in this house. That floating can again. Yeah. I used to work for Bethmo, and um, you know, I think, I think that they, they really had something special going for them when they first started in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And... Like Circuit City, I, I think their time is up. <laughs> You're not the only one who said that. No, hey, I'll tell you like this. Uh, Bevmo is Circuit City, and Total Wine is Best Buy. Wow, and that makes if, sense. If you, if you look at the, how the, their business model runs and how they came in when Total Wine first showed up, big store, they have classrooms. You in could there. dip your beer in the, in the cold to make them cold? All that crazy stuff. I was like, yeah. I like that. Right. And, and now that slowly they're putting Bedmo out because they're the biggest alcohol retailer, save for, uh, I think, Costco. They're, um, they're, they're yeah, Bedmo's kind of on its way out. And they, they stopped training their employees at Bedmo. They stopped teaching them. Like, I heard. About their, about their product. So it's like, you can go in there as a customer and know more about everything in the store than the person that you're supposed to ask questions to. Fuck. And it's unfortunate. And that's, and a lot of smaller liquor stores are getting more um, well-trained staff. The owners are more knowledgeable about no. beer and wine. They know what they're selling now. And it's not like the old days where they just sold stuff. They, they, they actually know what they have on the shelf. And it can help you. And 
that that's one thing that's going to hurt them more in the long run is that the small stores now have better better quantities of stuff, better quality stuff, and sometimes the, you know the prices aren't as good because we're not we're not corporate. You know, we we buy at whatever we can buy at, and get whatever price breaks we can get. But yeah, Bevmo, I don't think they're going to survive much longer if they don't change their um, their their model. That they they went they steered away from employee education and customer service to script read the script and talk about the five cent sale that's that's what's saving us like okay yeah but what if someone comes in and asks about scotch what if somebody comes in and asks about these craft beers i don't know anything to tell them how come we don't carry any local breweries because the corporate office said no oh that's no one's gonna want to hear that <laughs> i went to Bottlecraft before we because we're almost at that time uh to quick story i went to Bottlecraft in lakewood and it's like hey man you have all these heavy hitters. How come you don't have another line of like, okay, we got Great Notions, Russian Rivers, like blah, blah, blah. On this side, on your left, you should have all your local breweries, like 10 Miles, uh, Trademarks, Liberation, mm-hmm. and all that. This is locals in Long Beach. This is all the whatever we have around the United States. Right. It should be separate. It's like, hey, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting local, but you're also getting all these from different states. Absolutely. And you got to support. you got to do whatever they can. You gotta, yeah, you have to represent and help the, the local the local people out. Because that's, it, it's not all about just the national stuff. It's, you got to support the, the guy down the street too. And that's, that's why, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I support all the other stores doing the same thing I'm doing. I I need them. I don't want them to go anywhere. No, 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 no. I want them to thrive as much as I'm thriving. I want people to be excited about going to their store as much as they're excited about going to mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I I support and love all those guys, even if people think that I don't. That's what's up. (laughs) You know, again, no, no, no competitors. Just a friendly rivalry. We're all trying to give you guys the best beer. We're all trying to give you guys the freshest beer. We're all trying to give you guys what you want. And, and help breweries and other companies out, out and along the way. And that's that's what it should be. We shouldn't be, you know, price gouging one another and all that crap. Yeah, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about, you know, getting fresh beer to people who want fresh beer and good beer and different varieties of beer and making beer exciting and fun and not a chore. That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, we're gonna end on that right there. So a lot of listeners be like, "Damn, man, I'm just this is blow my mind for all the crafter people, even the new people, like talking about what's beer or like this is very knowledgeable." I mean, anybody can hit me up on the Instagram feed and and chat mm-hmm. me up and pick my brain. Yeah, if, if if I don't know something, I don't I don't feign knowledge. If I don't know something, I don't know something. I'm not. As much as I know, there's so much I don't know, and I'm okay with admitting that. And mm-hmm. I'd rather go out and find out what I don't know than to pretend that I know everything. I don't. And where can they follow you at? Uh, at Liquorland Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, all underscores, no spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, liquor underscore land underscore long underscore beach at Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one there posting, chatting, talking. So if you've <laughs> got questions, you want to know about a beer, if I have something, if I can get you something, or if I know where you can get something, ask but you just want to say hi, ask. Hell yeah, everyone. Follow Liquorland. Follow my boy Stan. He's very, very knowledgeable. Go in there. He has a probably one of the biggest beer caves of all Long Beach right now. That's, I'm, I went to every store. You have the biggest. I think so. It may, it may be by a few square feet, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's there. Uh, but one last thing for your, for your followers. Uh, uh, we do have a punch card program at our store. Mm-hmm. Um, the Liquorland loyalty card that I made... And it's a punch card. You spend over ten bucks with us on your alcohol purchase. Uh, you get a punch on your card. Over fifty bucks, you spend. You get two punches per visit. Mm-hmm. And when you fill that card up, it's good for fifteen dollars off your next purchase. Oh. So, you know, you come in, you shop with us. 
you know, you give us your time, we, we, we reward you for that. So, you know, come in. <laughs> and, and here's a, a bonus for you uh, Mega Man followers. You dr name drop Mega Man's name to me. I'll make sure you get double your punches for your purchase. Damn, that's four punches right there. You spend over 50, you get four punches. You drop, you name drop Mega Man's name. You spend your regular 10, you get two. Papa Hoppy, you hear that? He's a local native from Long Beach. Papa Hoppy, you know what's up. He's like, <laughs> I'm there. Because he's a hard, there's a lot of hardcore uh, Long Beach like crafter listeners who listen and they'll be like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go <laughs> all right hey stan thank you for coming on the mega mass podcast i mean i know we're a little uh limit on time and stuff like that but i just wanted to get you on man i think we covered everything yeah it's always a good interview with you man you're good people and you know to all your followers and subscribers man yeah steve's a good guy and i love what he's doing for craft beer and oh, for oh man beach, man it's a uh, it, it's great to be on finally it's been a I know. time coming but oh yeah great podcast great guy and you know you guys are happy, lucky to have him <laughs> thank you so much it was the beer i don't know maybe a ghost choking me i don't know what <laughs> uh thank you for coming on uh subscribe to the mega man's podcast please rate and review on apple podcast god damn this ghost is choking me <clears throat> oh my god uh, i know oh, hold on. no 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 <laughs> i got tested i was negative i'm good that's on that I know, I know. I was worried about that. Um, you know, please rate and review on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find it on uh, Anchor, Podbean, Overcast, Google Play, uh, iTunes, and coming soon, iHeartRadio. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the Mega Man's Podcast, my personal one, at Mega Man 6980. Once again, Stan from Liquorland, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's Podcast. Ooh. All right, we're out, guys. Later, guys.